0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I am Sam Carrico. Uh, We're still getting caught up on movie news and movies from over the summer. Listen to this. Joker 2 was officially announced. Yeah, Joker 2 is officially happening, and Lady Gaga is confirmed to be in the film opposite Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, Lady Gaga in Joker 2. Yeah, we sent somebody uh, to try and uh, interview Lady Gaga to reveal some details about the film, and she was tight-lipped. Yeah, believe it or not, she's actually got a pretty good poker face. Sorry. Uh, another movie came out over the summer. This one was called Good For You, Leo Grande. No, no, it was called Good Luck To You, Leo Grande. Something like that. Uh, anyways, it's about a retired teacher. It's about a retired teacher who uh, hires a sex worker to spice up her life because she's seeking like adventure or something like that. I don't know. She's a- I, I just gotta say, I'm tired of seeing the same movie over and over again about an old lady whose life has changed because she discovers a sex position that's not missionary. Gosh, speaking of sex, though, uh, House of the Dragon has been airing, Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon. That has a lot of sex in it, right? Yeah. So one of the actors, Fabian Frankel, is uh, he was talking about how he spent seven months rehearsing just one of the sex scenes in the show. Seven months to rehearse one sex scene. Geez, why would you want to spend seven months rehearsing a scene? I mean, who are you shooting this sex scene with? Oh, okay, Millie Alcock, that makes a lot of sense. Aquaman 2 actor Yahya Abdul-Mateen II said in a recent interview that doing superhero movies is like, quote, clown work. Yeah, he, he told Vulture that, quote, sometimes you gotta know which movie or genre you're in. Something like Aquaman, that's clown work, end quote. I feel like that's a little dismissive. I mean, what did the clowns do to deserve to be compared to some crap like Aquaman? (laughs) Amazon Prime Video is developing a Blade Runner sequel series. Yeah, the sequel series titled Blade Runner 2029 brought back original director Ridley Scott as an executive producer and will presumably take place 50 years after 2017's movie Blade Runner 2049. I don't know guys, I I just feel like they're going to make this woke, yeah. Have it be like a meditation on societal norms and systemic injustices like slavery and what it means to be human. Bullshit! This is interesting though. Uh, Star Wars Rogue One has been taken off of Disney's release schedule. Yeah, this is the movie that was announced in uh, 2020 with Patty Jenkins attached to direct. Jenkins later went on to direct Wonder Woman 84 and received disastrous reviews. So now Disney is having Taika Waititi direct a Star Wars movie instead. He most recently did Thor, Love and Thunder, which also received disastrous reviews. So it's a real course correction for Lucasfilm. Finally, CBS is doing some interesting marketing for season two of their show, Ghosts. Yeah, they are showing the season premiere in movie theaters, but they're only inviting ghosts. Yeah, actual ghosts, like the undead. So if you walk by an auditorium and you see that it's an empty theater, It may not actually be. It may be full of ghosts. Or at least that's what CBS says. I guess Morbius must have done the same marketing campaign. Okay, we've got a great show for you lined up. Later on, we'll be taking a look at the TikTok trend that took over theaters over the summer. But first, Cade Thomas is here to break down Season 2 of Reservation Dogs. Let's get right to it. Real quick reminder about the time code. Feature. If you're watching this on the YouTube episode, you can use the time codes to go to whatever section of the video you want to check out first. If you're listening to the audio only podcast, the time codes are in the show notes. So you can go to the show notes and refer to the time codes to whatever section of this episode you want to check out first. And of course, if you want to hear these discussions live, follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv/slash the film fan club. I want to introduce my guest. He is Cade Thomas. He's the host of the Double Feature Movie Club podcast, as well as Cade and Friends. You can find them both on YouTube and all your favorite podcast apps. Cade, welcome to the Film Fan Club Show.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: You've been up to some new uh, new projects. I mentioned them in, the, in your intro there. But can you tell us a little bit about your two shows and uh, what people can expect?
1: Yeah, uh, Double Feature Movie Club. It's a weekly show. That's one of the ones that you mentioned. I think most sort of similar to this with the uh, we talk to films. Um, we t- t- Typically, uh, it's movies that we miss. We hadn't we ever watched them before. There are a bunch of movies that we had not watched. They're on our watch list that are from the past decade or so that um, just slipped through the cracks, but seem like interesting films. And I put together a group of people. Uh, Diane is my co-host, who's on there quite a bit um, and almost pretty much every week. Um, and then typically we'll have a third person. Sometimes it's just Diane and I, but typically it's a third person. We discuss uh, two two films every week, and it's uh, we do it live Sundays at six p.m. Central, and then it's later as a podcast the next day if you want to listen to it as a audio version wherever you get your podcast things. It's it's a fun show. It's, uh, there's nothing really, um, uh, probably good for the algorithm. They're not like whatever's new or whatever people just watch. So hopefully people have either watched these. Sometimes we get it really obscure with it, or sometimes we'll, um, give good. It's a good way of getting recommendations of films. Cause we'll dig through just things that sound interesting to us. And sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad, but um, most of the time they're, they're pretty good. So, uh, Good rec- film um, recommendations,
0: and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, mm-hmm. you, uh, you you might have uh, booked uh, yours truly here for <laughs> an episode that we're going to record. Uh, I think October thirtieth was the day mm-hmm. that we uh, discussed. We're going to be talking about the monster, uh, mm-hmm. an A twenty four film, and uh, what is the other film that we're talking about? Uh, forgive me, but it's escaping <laughs> me right now.
1: Yes, it's Night Moves and the Monster. Uh, so a little bit of a Halloween double feature. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I think they're darker kind of thing. I mean, Monsters, yeah, mon- is a monster movie, um, and uh, then Night Moves. I don't, I, I, think it's some sort of. You <laughs> can tell how much I, remember. I think it's got Jesse Eisenberg, and uh, it's I think some, I think it's some sort of dark crime kind of thing. Uh, I haven't seen it, like I say, uh, I haven't seen any of these movies before I uh, do, but they seem they seem interesting. We pull them from lists of like, hey, these are movies you need to watch or whatever, and so we put together a. A few things and movies that i find to be interesting and i force people to watch them so i can discuss them with them we
0: are here to talk about season two of reservation dogs but before we talk about season two we got to get your thoughts on season one you know we talked Mm -hmm. about it last uh year on the film fan club show we actually had little mike and funny bone uh on the show and Mm -hmm. they uh, so that was a lot of fun uh, of course, I got to plug that because that was one of the highlights of my YouTube career. But uh, so we talked about season one. It's just so cool that there's something shot in northeast Oklahoma, but yeah. also dovetail that with the fact that it highlights, you know, Native American, uh, modern Native American culture mm-hmm. through the lens and perspectives of Native American people. You know, I, I, so we've talked about it at length on this show, but I'd love to hear your your perspective on season one and just, you know, the premise of the show in general.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's it's truly unique it's it's a unique show there's nothing quite like it on on tv or streaming or anything like that i mean it's 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 visually unique i think that that's one thing that's but it's also you know like you said the story and the perspective is is a very unique um story that we haven't seen and um you have to get a lot of credit for being one of the first wave of of these new um indigenous shows that's happening yeah i a Cherokee Nation citizen and, um, seeing, uh, representation like that is, is so, so very important. You know, I, I, uh, that's one of the reasons why, I mean, my grandmother, my Cherokee grandmother is who showed me love of film and everything. She's the one who showed me all, um, got me to love all this, uh, stuff. And it always, um, uh, bothered me that she never had someone who she could see on film that was, uh, from her culture and everything so liven it up a little bit that 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 this that seeing this uh, have success you know that, that was always sort of the concern that they, everyone always said is like you can make them but it's not going to have broad appeal and to see this have such broad appeal is is heartwarming and it's pretty extraordinary first season I think um, I, I think it did have some some sort of things to figure out and I I, I think that it got there in the second season. It's extremely great. First season, a lot of great little individual episodes, um, but I think now it's, it's phenomenal.
0: I think the, I think what you're speaking to, uh, or at least the way I read what you're saying is, yeah, I think, because uh, we kind of talked, or I, I kind of figured out the format of the show over the course mm-hmm. of season one. You know, they have yes. the first couple be the big ensemble episodes, and then like many shows that are, I don't want to say this is on a budget, but some shows that are on a budget do, they just highlight certain episodes. So you have like a... A cheese episode, an Alora episode, yes. uh, and so that, can, that can, and I think in season one you had some really great uh, individual episodes like you're going with, but the broader mm-hmm. storyline I think was yes. really tightened up in season two.
1: Yes, I agree. Yeah, the um, the first season it yeah it was hard to sort of understand the point, or it's like it was at times of like oh I just wish we kind of got a little bit more time like that was my, my biggest complaint was wasn't even like what the show did it seemed like it was very much constrained at times by its format by how many its episode number that it got like it, it it's runtime like it, it it seemed very much like i just well, i want more uh which is not to its fault you know of course that's really what you want your audience to say when they like right. um but i i that was when I left it, it was just kind of like, I, I just feel like it didn't, wasn't able to sort of sink its teeth enough into a lot of what it was saying and what, in these characters, like, it was just like thread here, thread here, you know, and kind of left it a little bit too much, but yeah, it, by the second, um, with this new season, it, it, it was able to sort of pull on a lot of these and really weave a lot bigger of a tapestry there that, uh, Yeah, and it was, uh, and you kind of got a feel for it a little bit more. It's an ensemble show, but these, you know, these four characters are your principal leads. What I like about this show, I guess, two things.
0: Uh, Mm -hmm. What I like about this show is is that it kind of does something similar to The Simpsons or Scrubs, uh, Mm -hmm. where you really get a sense of this community in these casts of characters whenever i see Lil little mike and funny bone act a certain way i'm like oh, of course that would be how they there's those characters would act when big is put in a certain situation it's like oh that's fun because that is different from how cheese would act in that situation and that's different exactly. from how Bear would act in that situation you get a really strong characterization uh for all these characters you get really mm-hmm. strong characterization for all of them because of the format of the show but going into season two, I'd forgotten a little bit, and then whenever they started doing that, I was like, "Oh yes, I forgot." Because part of you doesn't mm-hmm. want like the way that something like House of the Dragon, every character is in every scene, yes. and every scene yeah. is forwarding a plot forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas this show, the appeal is 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 sitting there with these characters and spending time with them. And then mm-hmm. once you get used yes. to that, I think it, it, I think it works. And the second thing is is the first show. I don't want to say it had a tonal problem. I think it just had some maybe growing pains tonally mm-hmm. because yeah, in it, at it. its heart, this is a comedy show and it's a very funny comedy show. And it, it, it is really good in the second season, especially of getting these like bittersweet moments that do bring a tear yes. to your eye, but not in like a traumatic, sad way. in like a, like a heartwarming or bit mm-hmm. or melancholy almost kind of way. Um, Yeah,
1: anything I 100% agree. Yes, I think the tone they nailed a lot better in the second season. I that's yeah, that was one of my notes too is that it seemed the first season seemed to sort of wildly fluctuate uh, between the sort of broad comedy versus like really trying to hit these these real deep emotional beats, really uh, dark things. And then it just kind of was a little bit harsher of a switch between these and this one while there was, you know, comedy elements and, and things, I think it 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 rode the sort of wave that it needed to to sort of reach these highs and lows a lot better. And it and it no point did you see like it have to do like a hard transition. It 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 was it understood the show it was making by that point. Yeah, I think, yeah, it had growing pains, I think, in the first season.
0: And we see this oftentimes. I Seinfeld yeah. season one is not the same show as Seinfeld season two. And what's into yeah. this show's credit? It's there's not really that big of a gap in quality. I don't want to no. say like yeah, oh, yes. season one yeah. is bad and this is better. I just think that like we're what we're speaking to is as you uh, the longer you do something, the better you get at it. And, mm-hmm. and it's really delightful to see a show that we already liked get yes. even better in season two because I, I don't want to yeah. reference. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but oftentimes <laughs> on the show I can be that. But <laughs> I. Didn't like you know Obi Wan the show, and I haven't mm. seen She Hulk, and I didn't see Miss Marvel, and I, I didn't like you know some of the other like Di- a lot of the Disney Plus shows have have let me down, and it's great yeah. to see like oh this was good, and it's better instead of mm. being like ah oh, this is even worse you know.
1: And visually, it's really like it's it's so interesting and different than like you know at some points I'm like oh I kind of wish each episode was like visually distinct from each other, but mm. at the same time like I like that this is like color graded in like a way that I haven't seen. And it's like, so sort of, it keeps that sort of indie feel to it that everything seems so grounded and interesting. Like it's like almost documentary style, but still with like this, this color grading, that's really beautiful. It's like, you know, has a lot of greens and um, like it has a lot of earthy tones. And I think that's intentional Um, that it it's unlike anything else and i so that's where i'm like never i, I kind of like that it has its own visual palette that it's it has you immediately know that it's in this world
0: what you're watching that. yeah I, I like that mm-hmm. as well where you can just see a frame of the show and mm-hmm. have a good idea like oh that's probably reservation dogs because that's what that looks like and two yeah. things it reminds me of two shows and again i'm a debbie downer but like mm-hmm. two shows that attempted to do something similar uh, and uh, to what Reservation Dogs achieves visually. And I, and I appreciate mm-hmm. you bringing us back to that, because that stuck with me too. Mm-hmm. Two shows that try and do this and fail. Uh, one, have you been watching the Jeffrey Dahmer show that's on Netflix? No, I did not, yeah. It, it's not for everybody. It's not yeah. for everybody. I'm not going to go into a review of it here, but one specific thing is the color grading of that show is so annoying. It's mm-hmm. like all, like, they put that, like an earthy mm-hmm. Instagram filter over the yes. whole series, and it looks... Visually, just repulsive to me. I mean, I get what they're trying to do because it's that's trying to be
1: kind of filmy, yeah. kind of seventies. Yeah, 70s, yeah. <laughs> like, right. It's <laughs> It just looks not <laughs> not good. You know, I'm trying yeah. to think
0: of another thing that ha- that looked really ugly, but that, well, you know, in in that way. But something mm. in a different way, something Reservation Dogs achieves is, is something you kind of spoke to. Is that kind of indie, I maybe mean, almost documentary kind of feel? And a lot of that's achieved through like the way the focal lengths mm-hmm. uh, are through the camera and yeah. uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Army of the Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Visually repulsive as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a not uh, not a good looking film, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, it tried to do the similar kind of very sharp fo- focus uh, mm-hmm. that yes, it, yeah. it, it, that just got to the point where it was annoying. It, it is wild though that you know this is made by Hulu. Reservation Dogs is made by Hulu, and which is owned by Disney. And Disney is the same, you know, obviously the same company that makes all the shows on Disney Plus that just seems so soulless. And to have a show like Reserva- Reservation Dogs have a lot of soul to it, a lot of artistic integrity, it seems like, a lot of a distinct visual, you know, uh, style. Uh, I, I just really appreciate it. So anything else you'd like to say broadly before we get into season two?
1: Yeah, I think I about just slightly about like, I imagine it's probably FX that, Sort of allows because you can see some of that stuff that yeah uh, I'm, just I'm just drawing it. I'm just boiling it down to like the very like smallest because Tiffany yes. owns FX right yes so. exactly and so I, I think that like perhaps that's sub within that that perhaps that's a good that, point that, that's, that is like why that flies a little bit yeah Well they allow a little they I don't know I don't know exactly I know their their structure but I imagine that they, they there's other FX shows that look interesting or, yeah so the the
0: the TV story. Shows. The, 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 I guess the show to screen, pi- the script to screen pipeline must at FX must be very different from how it is at Disney Plus. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, would you recommend season one?
1: Oh, yeah. 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 I'd recommend season one. I, I think, I think really it just, I, I think the problems uh, that we have uh, we discussed is only whenever you sort of compare it to, I think, the, the second season, which I do think is, super, uh, is superior. But, um, I, I, and I think it was, There's some slight growing pains. Yeah. But I, of course, yeah, I think it's a great show. And I think that, I think some of that struggle comes from being first and being the first and sort of being a trailblazer in some of this, this respect, you had to cut them a little bit of slack. And at the same time, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the best shows and one of the best seasons of TV that's in recent years. Yeah. So it just. It's a great
0: better. point. Yeah. I think it's a great point. Um, uh, let's uh, transition to season two now, because mm-hmm. by talking about the cliffhanger at the end of season one is that they don't go to. Uh, California in the way that you would expect at the end of season one and Laura Mm -hmm. and I always forget Jackie is her name Mm -hmm. Jackie and Jackie who was a member of the rival gang up until the end of the season and uh, Laura you know part of the reservation dogs they just they join forces and go to California together so whenever we begin season two as I throw up my spoiler banner that I have right here uh, Mm -hmm. as we begin season two uh uh Jackie and Alora are on their way to California and then they run into all sorts of troubles. I really like how the uh and if, if I'm leaving out anything, just throw it in whenever I toss to you at any time. But uh the uh I really like the ending to season or episode one of season two, rather, you know, the cliffhanger ending, whenever they're being chased by the you know, redneck guys, they're being yeah. chased by them. It's a fun cliffhanger ending, and then we see that followed up on the second episode. And I like it because it's uh it seems like se- stealing was very easy for them in the first season so it's mm-hmm. it's definitely like oh like everything kind of reality sets in so what did you think of how, how we began the season of the first two episodes the elora and jackie storyline
1: I, I thought i think that and then the sort of really welcoming in with the ensemble cast like i think that all that sort of is it, it's really bringing you back into what's happening for all the characters and you sort of see all these different characters appear in different ways but yeah um I thought that that was uh, uh, it was it's it, it's fun. It's an ensemble sort of. It it, it brings them all there. Uh, you know, with the first season, a little. You know, didn't exactly know how they're going to handle the whole California thing. It's it's a thread that's through the whole thing. It's like, is, is the show going to sort of move there and eventually at some point? Or is it, and then who's going to do that? And how are they going to deal with the fact that these two are leaving? You know, is it going to kind of be a split show? And then sort of how they, if we're in spoilers, you know, how they bring them back and everything. I thought that was really good. I did not know until recently of like looking up sort of the cast and all that, that, the, that was Megan Mullally. I did, was unrecognizable as the lady that they – the house that they go to. But yeah, I also like Willie Jack's storyline in the first ah. two
0: episodes because she believes that she's cursed the whole group. And that's kind mm-hmm. of heartwarming but also uh, you know sad. Uh, anything to say about yeah. Willie Jack's storyline? And I think – I can't remember the episode that it happens in, but I like the, the, the lift and the curse with the free fallen. I think that was good ah. too.
1: Yeah. Yes. I, Willie Jack's my favorite character in the show. I, I, I love that performance. That performance is like yeah. just great. I, I, uh, I, it, it never, I mean like in, in uh, that actress, with, uh, Paulina, Paul, Paul, yeah. Alexis. Paulina. Yeah, she's, yes. yeah. She's so, I mean, wow. I mean, that is, uh, it, just so believable in like you know and be able to hit the sort of comedy elements and to hit the dramatic elements so well that we sort of get later in the show but yeah just she could like so much of acting is reacting too and boy Mm. she's great just amazing at that so many different memes come out of that and she's so great yeah I remember, yeah, like
0: there are so many memes with her character mm. in the first in the first season, and then uh, what you're, I think what you're talking about is a good point too. Uh, is I don't want to say she's uh, her performance is understated because that almost also, almost feels like mm. I'm underselling it, but yeah. she doesn't have, to my knowledge, like a bunch of big monologues or big crying scenes. Obviously, she cries mm-hmm. at points through the series, but but a lot of it is like you're saying, just the way that she delivers her lines in conversation, the way that she reacts to certain things when she what she chooses the character chooses not to say. And how you know, and 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 just dealing like we're talking about in these first two episodes, dealing with the curse. you can tell she cares about her friends. It's very wholesome. I like the performance too.
1: Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I I agree that it's it's uh, they they have an understanding of each of these characters' perspectives really well, and um and and their voice and everything, and a lot of that's of course performance, but a lot of that comes in the writing too, and that and then knowing sort of what they can play up and everything, and like when they hand stuff to her, she. Knocks it out of the park every single time. That's just a just a fabulous performance, fabulous character. Another storyline that
0: I like, though, and, and like I said, feel free to throw in anything that I'm missing here. But I think the next two episodes, uh, 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 over the course of the next two episodes, Bear gets his job. We meet Dogface, yes. who was a TikTok sensation back in 2021 or 2020, some, somewhere around there. He has a recurring role on the show. He works with Bear. But I believe he's also Cheese's uncle. Is that
1: yes? True? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then what I like is, uh, is is one episode that also, I believe, has the podcasting and comedian guy, Mark Marin uh, Maron? He's mm-hmm. on the episode that this plot of this episode that I really liked is Cheese is uh, his dog face, is, his uncle is uh, is raided by the Oklahoma Highway Patrol or something like that mm-hmm. and uh, has to go to jail. So Cheese is put in, in child services or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and his guardian is Mark uh, Marin. And uh, we meet, it's very much kind of an individual episode because I think the rest of the Res Dogs only are in one scene. And it's all yeah. like a character study on Cheese, and you get to meet the other characters at this group home and i i think that was a standout episode but anything that you'd like to mention about bear's working storyline or cheese and his, his his uncle's relationship dog faces performance but also i really like that one episode
1: yeah no it's it's fascinating because like like you say you you kind of don't know i mean i have to be like okay i i don't it had been so long ago that i would watch the first season it's like some of these things of like i didn't know if Some of the stuff had been set up because then we sort of know that the lady at the IHS front desk lady is Jackie's aunt. And it's like, had that been set up before? And I I didn't remember if that was. And then, like, so it's like, it's almost you have to have like a string board to sort of understand (laughs) how these, which I mean, it makes sense with them. It's a small community. And of course, they have a community of just how that, you know, they're all, you know, aunties and uncles to each other and everything. And it's just, and so that was, uh, that was fascinating because like i'm like oh okay so that's news i because it had been set up where he you know he of course worked at the roofing but then he was cheese uh, cheese's uncle i i i find that all very fast as someone who that's i love interwoven sort of stories and how they're everything's connected i i i love i love that i love interesting relationships and in films and so that's the fact that it's all sort of connected in interesting sort of ways. And you sort of watch that. I, I find that very fascinating and very interesting way to sort of watch. And uh, you can just tell in, like the writer's room of like, when they're planning this whole season mm-hmm. of like having to be like, okay, we can put this over here and this can kind of be a thread over here. And, uh, and if this character can be in this episode in this sort of way, like it's, and then kind of it'd be flipped. And it, it, it they're connected to this other character in this interesting way, I, th- that's that's very fascinating, and I, I find that 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 sort of thing very fascinating. Yeah, I liked I liked what the, they each, of course, have like an episode. I mean, if not more, I mean, they they have multiple things throughout, it, but each of them have like an episode that's theirs to sort of go on a journey. And um, I find that yeah, that they did each of them very well. Uh, and Mark Marin, yeah, I- I- interesting character of like. I- being uh, he was kind of an antagonist but then it's like i don't know that that was an interesting sort of thing is he was very mean sense. yeah i got the sense that he had, had like a
0: heart of gold though right yeah yeah sort of the
1: yeah I everyone in the
0: show the, is so yeah. awkward sometimes and so off-putting <laughs> and that's part of the comedy and i love awkward comedy but mm-hmm. that was definitely part of his character as well
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and i it's it's a fascinating one of like you know some of them get like um more especially, you know, these, I mean, he's a, he's a comedian. Like, that's what he's sort of, you know, known for and everything. And, you know, you think back to like Bill Burr in the first, you know, season, and he gets mm-hmm. sort of some comedy things and Mark Maron certainly, certainly has somebody but he's like, there's a little bit more downbeat of a comedy that he has to sort of play. It's kind of an interesting kind of um, it's, it's more situational kind of, um, and, and it's, 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 it's a, it's a different kind of, kind of character. Um, but yeah. My favorite thread that just goes through it out is like every single person that these people <laughs> interact with have, have some sort of uh, story of how natives uh, impacted them or, or just mm-hmm. that they, they can't escape this from like just anybody <laughs> just constantly has to bring this up to them. But it's uh in some sort of way that that is my favorite thing. That's just just a just a complete stranger that you <laughs> meet it has to have some sort of um, Saying about that, it's yeah, it's very accurate. Yeah, <laughs> mm. uh, I, I,
0: another episode that I liked is, uh, and we—I don't know if I mentioned it before, uh, or we started streaming, or during the stream, but uh, mm-hmm. we mentioned that Deverly Jacobs is also a uh, member of the writers' room this season. She plays the Laura, mm-hmm. and I was wondering how her. Uh, uh her, her, her her episodes would go, and uh, the episode Maybell, I believe it's it's called. It's the mm-hmm. episode with Alora's. I think we it establish that grandmother is dying, and everybody mm-hmm. in the community gathers around uh, you know break bread together and say goodbye to her. And it was kind of also the midpoint of the uh, uh, uh season, uh, I, I want to say, because it was kind of whenever um. Jackie as a character has, was being brought into the group because eventually Laura and Jackie make it back to Oklahoma because they're, or they never really leave Oklahoma. They make it back to the res <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and the rest of the reservation dogs are, are skeptical of Jackie, but Jackie is kind of brought more into the fold in this episode. Uh, I was curious about how De- Deverly Jacobs writing ep- her episodes that she wrote would be, but this was one of my favorite episodes. It kind of nails that balance of heart, but also comedy. And and we were talking about earlier before we, uh, you know, as we were being a little bit more aloof before we got into spoilers is, is this is one of those things where it's a very serious subject matter, but it's Mm -hmm. not as dour or an abrupt shift as, as maybe certain scenes may have felt in the previous season.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. That's this, I, I, I like their ability to tie in, these traditional aspects that, you know, but without making them like that, they mean something to native audiences and everything, but it's not completely, um, lost on a general audience. Like they can kind of, they, they do such a great job with, with that and introducing and having them in various ways of, you know, this, the idea of this community coming around in death and, um, and that being in touching upon things that anyone can sort of understand and get, um, I mean, that, that happens in a lot of cultures, but of course having the um, medicine men there singing in mm-hmm. in their language is, you know, something that's very much of the Muskogee culture. And of course in a lot of different um, uh, native cultures as well. Um, and just the idea of, you know, that they're, they're, they're this, this close knit, Community and that uh, I yeah I mean it was it was a it was a it was a very powerful episode and uh, specifically from this character that you know is <clears throat> going through a lot of internal things uh, you know having <clears throat> lost her mother having lost Daniel it's it's a now to lose sort of the only real person other person outside of her 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 friends that uh, she had and I, I think that. that was a powerful i mean it, it made sense for that character and but it yeah still was yeah i i thought that and the sort of spirit that that little button at the end was really good with losing of a, a grandparent in that sort of way i think that that was one of those that i think real big highlights of just just from even that character's perspective of like it the sort of thread that she would sort of run out of these moments because she felt like she had to deal with these sort of mm-hmm. uh, losses on her own. is a thread mm-hmm. that's throughout the whole uh, show, and, like, um, she she feels like she has to isolate herself and, and get out from these sort of moments because, um, yeah, I don't know if that, think that's sort of one of those character beats and one of those character things. And um, that was a yeah. very, very powerful thing. And I love the aspect ratio shift to kind of the spirit world and the little, the, the fog or whatever. Yeah, they do. They do good with that stuff.
0: Light horse policeman big. What yeah. did you think of his uh Acid Trip in episode eight. And then Mm -hmm. what did you think of Lily Gladstone, uh Killers of the Flower Moon fame, future killers Mm -hmm. of the Flower Moon fame? Lily Gladstone has an as a guest appearance in episode nine. Very different episodes, but briefly Mm -hmm. before we jump into the finale, what did you think of episodes eight and nine and their performances?
1: yeah no i i I love uh i would have to say probably my second favorite character is officer big and all that and Mm. i I ended like getting i'm like oh if we're gonna get like a little x files type episode with him as like the lead that's what i want and um and that is sort of sort of sort of what we get but i i I, it's 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 i i love that character, and i want just a whole show with that um you know i i do think at times they're constrained by having to be like a half hour show that's Still that one could complaint. have been
0: longer, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's it still my complaint in general about the show is, like, I do wish that these were an hour long or, you know, or 40, whatever, you know, 45 or whatever they are, really, Um, which would – I think it would give it a little bit more time to breathe and a little – it would feel less, you know, situ- situational comedy sort of about it, mm-hmm. which I think that they're moving away from that So I mean, they're still – each episode has like a premise and a and a little thing that they're yeah. poking fun at or whatever, but um, a situation. But uh, <laughs> I do think that it's kind of – being the fact that it's an ensemble and they have to do a lot of things, I think it does something in your head that sort of makes it more like this is a prestige show or whatever. This is a different format because we are so used to sort of these different formats. And it still being a half hour seems a little bit like – makes it seem a little bit disposable within like i think your are subconscious it's just me saying that but yeah so I, I i do wish these were a little longer but yes i love officer big and that whole thing um i thought that was great uh briefly i i did want to say i i love the de- decolonization episode that's one of my favorite ones with the young elders I thought that was incredibly hilarious. And that was, uh,
0: uh, oh gosh. Uh, the, the lead of prey was in that film or in that Mm -hmm. episode. And she did a really good job. It was a very different role from. Prey.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, just that whole, uh, that uh, the, just so many lines, in that, and The fact that they're there for this uh, Sonic uh, gift card, and bit, like <laughs> just the fact that it's they're all the interpersonal things like, in the Willie Jack and Jockey sort of thing comes to a head. Oh, that I was a great that was a great bonding episode for mm-hmm. them. I love yes. that. And I, I thought, yeah, that 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 to me is one of those interesting standouts. Dinosaur Nation, all that just sort of stuff that came came out of that. I thought that was one of the the standouts to me of uh just i mean it was just a little it was like that one was more of a sitcom style kind of thing not to you know it it didn't have punchlines or it wasn't like a laugh track or whatever but it was a one
0: episode storyline it was contained
1: yeah i in general i love just the ihs stuff even from the first season anything that's there is is just my i i love all that and even the conference was was a great uh episode with with all the Auntie's all the moms
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a good one the aunties go crazy that was fun mm. uh briefly i, I also i, I like, liked obviously the officer big mm. episode but uh the lily gladstone's appearance mm. and that episode introduces kind of the two episode arc of daniel's letter and yep. uh and a lot of the episode is of obviously we get the setup and once she gets to the prison to meet lily gladstone's character a lot of them is just them talking and that's a big you know uh, plot propellant uh, for the show in that episode, and it's just uh, that you know, whenever you're just relying on two performances from two actors, uh, mm-hmm. it, it can either either make or break a, a an episode or a, a movie or whatever it may be. And uh, this got me really excited to see Killers of the Flower Moon because I thought Lily Gladstone did a great episode or great job in her episode that she appears in.
1: Yes, no, and that, and Aaron talks about, you know, that shot of like the the ancestors and all that, and that in that episode. That was good, yeah. Like, and and just technically, it's great, but also, I mean, of course, you know, uh, I think it means a lot to a lot of people emotionally, but I mean, just, I mean, from a technical perspective, that's also a pretty cool accomplishment of how they um, did that in such an interesting (laughs) way. But yeah, it, uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, very impactful. And that performance, again, Willie Jack, like, that is a, a there's no punchline there of course like most of her stuff is a comedy thing but she can nail that dramatic stuff just i i think this is a standout performance of the whole show it's it's amazing and i would love to see her in more things that's it's a truly great performance
0: yeah she's at the beginning of i think a really if mm-hmm. if if there is justice in the world, very long and and, and varied mm-hmm. career because yeah, like you said, she's good at all the comedy stuff. A lot of we talked about her reacting a lot in mm-hmm. the scenes and, and being subtle with her performance. This is probably her big time to shine. If there was, mm-hmm. I always I always say, if this actor was going to submit for an Emmy, it would be what a, this episode for her, in her case. I think yes. Yeah. Like I said, Lily Gladstone is good. This brings mm-hmm. us to the finale. Uh, the finale, they finally go to California. I was surprised yeah. by how how fast the because uh, the, uh, like it's like a built up. It's kind of like mm-hmm. in Game of Thrones, not in, in Game of Thrones. Like well, in Game of Thrones, they're uh, uh, not that they're similar, but in Game of Thrones, they uh, build up. You know the the sacking of King's Landing. Like, is Daenerys going to attack? Is it not? Let's wait for three seasons, and then when she does it, it takes like an episode. And I'm like, well, we built yeah. this up for a, you know, <laughs> for a. Anyway, it's not not that it's bad. I just thought it was a mm. funny parallel. Uh, yes. but, uh, so, yeah, we build up going to California for two seasons and they make it there in one episode. But I think they <laughs> wanted to focus on the fact that things don't go as mm-hmm. they plan. Um, and, and before we talk about the ending to the episode, what did you just kind of think of our, our season finale?
1: Yeah, and I, I think you bring up sort of a, another thing that's like it. a lot of stuff happens in between. You're not like that because I still think that they are constrained by the half hour. And I don't know if that's there, I mean, if it's like a, a thing that they have to. There, it's mandated at this point. You can't probably yeah. change formats in the <laughs> way through your show, but I, I do think that it, um, it, 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 at times it does seem like they have to jump right into the premise right away of the episode, and like that. So, th- some things just have to be wrapped up and, and done so we can get on to the next sort of thing i think an example of that was sort of Willie jack and jackie's with the decolonization where they were like kind of still yeah. They into the episode where like they could have made amends but then they didn't and in the very next episode they kind of just make amends on the cheese episode so it's like stuff like that where they like yeah. have to quickly get over hurdles in order for the that episode's plot to jump in i, I think that that that's something where like where it had been built up for a long time about this California thing, they, they immediately have to be like, okay, we're going, we're doing this. We're there. <laughs> Just, we're there and we're there. And it's to get to the point of the episode because they only have a, a amount of time that they have to do that. But yeah. every time, whenever it's, it's a barrier that you had to get across for, I think, good storytelling. Like every, every time it's like, okay, here's what's happening. And, and we're in this moment now. Yeah. And I think once they're there, it, it makes sense. And it, it's, it's, that's beautiful, I mean, like I, very little comedy in that finale, but but that didn't bother me at all. I, I thought that like I, they I had think, earned it by that yes, point. Yes. Exactly. And I think that it of course the is what a lot of people talk about. It's what gets the sort of buzz and it gets the little chairs and everything and what people talk about. But I think what people actually truly enjoy is these characters and these moments and being with them and it being so true and uh that and by that end, I mean that is that's an amazing finale and it really yeah. does a it really strikes a great emotional like it it it, it, it it's yeah it, it really hits I, you in a way
0: i a believe way. this is the episode where we get the payoff of of reading uh uh daniel's letter right it's introduced throughout all of the last episode and we don't really read it until or hear it until this yeah. episode and uh and then so that having that through line and then them doing the thing and then laura's hesitance and then them being on the beach together and then uh, holding each other. What I like is, is just the, the, the showing just good friends you know having a level of inti- intimacy that's not sexual obviously mm-hmm. is also very it's nice cuz you don't see that a lot in a, in mm-hmm. a, another very random example Rogue One a Star Wars story uh, that mm-hmm. that Cassian Andor and Jyn so they're very intimate in that film but they're not they don't have a relationship they're not sexual or anything it's just good pals mm-hmm. being pals and that's wholesome i like that a lot and then so i like the mm-hmm. the finale uh, like you're talking about fantastic finale and just and then whenever they cut to Daniel being there other shows or, or lesser films could have mm-hmm. had that been very hokey, but it was mm-hmm. all just done with a level of care and, and, and a delicacy that I think mm-hmm. was, it just really, it worked for me. I loved that finale. Mm-hmm. And what would you like to say about that last, that last scene?
1: And I mean, it's like they're, they're in obviously in that, the ocean and like the, the camera of all like it, it feels so like tangible and real like mm. that, like you just don't see. I don't know. Like, like it's, it's, it it's it, yeah, so point. like I mean like it's so raw and like the wind and the like it's, yeah. uh like typically they'd had to have it all shot right and everyone had to be, you know, look right and the lighting has to be all camera locked and and it's it it this or they would what they would
0: I'm sorry, What not to interrupt you, but what yeah. they would do nowadays is be on a soundstage with a, a wall, a circular wall that has a screen on it. Are you familiar yes. with this? The way they shot The Mandalorian? Yeah, the volume. The way they shot The Mandalorian and the way they're shooting House of the Dragon, a show that I like for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're shooting with this volume thing and mm-hmm. and just compare any scene shot with volume, compared compare it to this last scene in Reservation Dogs and you can tell why it makes sense to go on location.
1: Yeah, and it's like lighting, like I don't ever really. I, this show seems to use mostly like natural lighting and yeah. like in it that and you can just sort of just I just like that better. It's just it seems so it much takes more, work, it, yes, it, <laughs> it takes work though. Yes, it does. It takes work and
0: you can't just slide it like, uh, like uh, the way that everything's done at Disney Plus. I imagine is everything's mm-hmm. just like on a like almost like a conveyor belt. You just move the actors in, they mm-hmm. shoot their scene. Okay, you're done with a Mandalorian episode, move the actors in. Now you're doing an open episode.
1: Done beforehand, all the programming yeah. of what the background right. and all that. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I it's, it's so dramatically different than what you're getting elsewhere. And it's, and it, it's like even other shows that are like intimate, you know, people. It's like they don't kind of put them in these interesting sort of ways. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I still think that yeah, this is it's somewhat uh, different in that way. That I, I, I love it. I, I think that it, it, it makes it so sort of real and like these these characters are 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 really there and that they're they're not you know that they kind of dress people down they make them realistic you know and they like it's it's just it's different and and it's it's unique and it's a it's a singular it's a group of people but it's it's a it's a perspective that we don't Mm. um, get to see i love that i think i
0: Mm. think uh we've been heaping a lot of praise on this show (laughs) let's look ahead to season three uh this Mm. show has been renewed for a third mm-hmm. season, which was obviously great to see and it was renewed ahead of this finale and a uh, good thing too because this finale ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. So if I didn't get that if I didn't know there was a third season coming, I'd be so I'd be I wouldn't know what to think. I'd be confused. So because at the end Bear says I'm not going back.
1: Yeah. What did you think Dude, of that it's... cliffhanger? Um yeah, I I I hesitate to sort of uh you know, any of these shows to to really you know have it on my mind for you know a year for whatever uh-huh. long it's gonna be but yeah i you know because it could be in the very first episode ah whatever and we just move back or whatever that's I'm what so they even, did yeah that's what they yes. did with Aurora and jackie exactly. so i would be a
0: little annoyed if they do the same cliffhanger with a different character yes. again and then undo it, it again
1: but like what's the other option are they going to have uh, half of them like, go back or are they going to move the show to la i mean like, <laughs> I <don't>... <laughs>
0: <laughs> in season two of glee i love all my comparisons. <laughs> in season two of glee kurt uh-huh. the character kurt went to dalton academy he left mckinley and went to dalton academy so what they did okay. was was just cut between mckinley and dalton for the kurt okay scenes. and i'm like you could do that with bear theoretically
1: yeah, or him and another, like they split the group, like half yeah, of them, yeah. two of them stay, and half of them, or two, the other two go back. I, yeah, I, I it's it is very possible because I do think one thing that a lot of people have said, and I, I agree with you know, we really focus in on you know reservation the, uh, but like we don't really focus on urban natives a lot, and sort of sure. that being that perspective of, of it's a di- completely different sort of perspective, and I think that. That is something that would be seeing it from this sort of perspective uh, would be very fascinating. And seeing a character sort of go through this idea of being away from their home and still trying to uh, connect with their culture, but not having or being around other people of that yeah. is would be a fascinating sort of thing to dissect. Um, and it could be a whole sort of like... Really, these shows take—I mean, like the seasons take place over what? Like, I mean, of course, you get flashbacks and stuff, but the actual sh- a month, the two main, months, yeah, yeah, the meat
0: of it is just a very short amount of time.
1: And so, I mean, they could be—you could have like a half of a season, first part of the third season taking place in LA as they're trying to like figure it out or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, they still have a what—a a week of spring break. They were there on the, you know. Oh, so, is that I mean, what it was? Okay, yeah they, yeah, they went on spring break and they still had a bit of their school i mean they're they're seniors and they're on the spring break is the sort of premise there and so yeah i mean it you could do a season that's half there and then like they go back and they finish out the year and then they try to figure i mean like yeah they're they're, i'm sure they're trying to figure out how they're (laughs) how to do that i i i do uh, they could go back and with the idea of eventually going back yeah i i there's a there's a lot of opportunities there um and if you yeah. yeah, and they could have half of them stay and half of them go back yeah I, I do think that there's
0: i think like, that those two are good options i think mm-hmm. what i i would like to see happen is yeah either they split the show for a little while and have a mm-hmm. bear and maybe a, a plus one or two bear and the laura mm-hmm. or something like that or just bear and, and as he meets new people uh have him go and, and split the show a little bit or like you're you also hinted at uh do maybe a three episode arc of getting back there and back again, kind of. Mm-hmm. Not, all these, I love all these different <laughs> of there and back again. Um, yeah. uh, so I'd love it. if they Maybe the desolation things. of smog. <laughs> yeah, then, and, then, <laughs> and then they'll have the battle of the five five hundred. Anyways, uh, but what I would, what I, my least favorite option is if mm-hmm. they pull. If they, I think they got away with it in this episode. Well, they did a two episode arc, mm-hmm. so that's fine. So they, I guess it was okay. But I was a little annoyed by the Alora and Jackie don't even make it out of Oklahoma and are in the set. I don't like it when characters are reset because you didn't know what to do with the development that you made.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, I, yeah, you could, I think having sort of a beginning part that's sort of, and then the transition or like, then, or they split and they kind of split the narrative by the end. And then, yeah, I, I, I think there's uh, yeah, a way to do that. I, I think that things have to sort of have consequences or it's going to become a little bit stale that's always the case of when things don't have these sort of consequences ongoing like it it, the most lasting consequences happen before the show started and so you need some things to kind of have some as the as the show goes on um yeah uh, yeah i I think they're all in interesting different places and it, it is interesting to see that bear is the one that wants to stay and i do think that that makes sense of like he has the least amount of like plot threads back yeah home yeah and so that that to me makes the most sense to have him be the one there um that the others don't like I mean with the Laura she has this this house that's hers and like and, and Jackie's back there I thought it found it bizarre. I thought Jackie was going to go with them, but then it like then they but it made sense. It was yeah, like that's war.
0: yeah. I guess yeah. Well, they they knew Daniel, but when he died, then that was yeah. So it I was guess thing yeah. But I just felt like it was a little exclusionary. Like I know we became friends <laughs> over the course of the season, but by And yeah, Then well, she She pulled a car with
1: them like. Yeah. But then she then they were like okay see ya. yeah,
0: yeah. That's, that was that was a little just a very <laughs> minor nitpick, but I did yes. like yeah at the beginning of the episode seeing them all do a heist together yes. and 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 fail, but then succeed because he gives them the that was a cute touch. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, and then that, that ties in with the acid trip he had in the previous episode. So I like that it was all okay. connected. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's weird that, yeah, Jackie's like, they're fully part of the group now, helping them do heists. And then it's like, all right, see ya. It's like in uh, Star Wars episode uh, nine, whenever uh, <laughs> Rose was a big part of episode eight, and then everybody <laughs> hated her and then they they Mm. like all right see you rose are you sure Mm -hmm. you don't want to come she's like oh i'm not gonna come i'm
1: gonna react to cgi carrie fisher (laughs) yeah oh my gosh october
0: 30th guys i will be talking about star wars in detail on my youtube channel Cade, we made it to the end of the season we've talked about season two of reservation dogs i appreciate you taking this 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 journey with me i think it's been a good discussion can you remind us where people can find everything that you do online
1: Yes. Uh, well, you can follow me on uh, Instagrams where I post most of my stuff that I have things. There is a Facebook uh, page as well, but um, where I, you can follow what I'm making a little bit better with, with everything. And that's at the Cade Thomas. Um, but you can also find me um, on YouTube. That's where actual all the content is housed, uh, youtube.com slash Cade Thomas. And it has my Caden, friends they'll feature movie club any other little random videos if i do films and stuff i'll put them out there and stuff you can find my archives of you can watch ribbon laura if you're interested in true crime laura's on there um and uh all my stuff is there and available let's do podcasts wherever you get your podcast platform
0: Sunday is the live stream of Double Feature Movie Club. Monday is the podcast version of Double Feature yes. Movie Club. And I believe Wednesday is the every Kate other and Wednesday is Caden
1: Friends. Yes, every other Wednesday is Kate and Friends. And yep, like you you said it perfectly. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And finally, the kids are all right. The second Minions
0: movie, The Rise of Gru, was released on July 1st, 2022. Now I'm no Minions fan, so I didn't pay much attention when the movie was coming out. What did catch my eye though, was the enthusiasm expressed when it came out, but not by who you'd expect. No, believe it or not, I didn't see any wine moms rushing out to see Minions with their four-year-olds. What I did see though, were teenage boys posting on TikTok that they were rushing out to see Minions, wearing the best suits they owned. This trend was called Gentle Minions, and apparently it started in Australia. The Gentle Minions trend involved the aforementioned dressing up and seeing minions, but also recreating Gru's signature pose, and perhaps sneaking in some bananas, all while bonding with your friends and posting about it online. Rowdy kids having a good time, though? We can't have that. The woke scolds on Twitter were immediately deployed to write online about how awful these kids were being. Here's one of several similar tweets I found. Quote, I hope everyone who came to see Minions in suits, D-I-E-S. You're not funny. I hope you all had the worst journey home, C-U-N-T-S, end quote. Keep in mind, this was posted in response to popcorn on the ground at a kids movie. Uh, sir or ma'am? there's a very high likelihood that the popcorn was left there by an actual toddler. This tends to happen at kids' movies. Secondly, I'm sorry that you had to do your job for five whole minutes. I mean, my gosh, I used to work at a movie theater, and one of my favorite parts of my shift was when I could spend 20 minutes with my headphones in, just mindlessly sweeping the floors of an auditorium. Of course, smushing a banana into the floor or wall of an auditorium is too far, but just leaving popcorn or a banana on the ground? I mean, have you ever heard of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? The cult classic has been playing in theaters consistently since 1975, largely in part to its audience participation. Theater growers are encouraged to spray water guns, throw rice, confetti, and toilet paper, and use noisemakers during the show. Yes, someone has to clean that up too, but that's part of the fun. If you can recognize that with something like Rocky Horror, but not Minions, you may be a hypocrite. Okay, that's our show. I'd like to send a special thank you to Cade Thomas for joining me this week. Keep in mind, I will be on Cade's show, the double feature movie club podcast, on October 30th. You can get that wherever you get your podcasts. I've been Sam Carrico. Thanks so much for checking this video out, guys, and I'll see you next week.